1: Oh, I-, I didn't hear you.
0: Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel M.
1: And I'm Christina M.
0: Today, Christina, we're going to be talking about a doozy.
1: Yes, <laughs> something that I think every parent wants to pull their hair out about. Yes,
0: and I talked today that in a way that our kids didn't listen. And I think we talked today in a way that they did listen to.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's an everyday struggle, right? There's a lot of times where I think we feel like our kids are just not choosing not to listen or really, truly not listening to us. Um, and there's other times, I know, even a few times where they'll listen right away. Like We'll ask them to be like, okay, hey, um, go pick up your clothes and put them in the laundry. And they're like, okay. And then we look at each other like, What? It was that easy? Like, you actually listened the first time? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, by the end of the episode, we don't guarantee you that every time you talk, your kids are going to listen. But we do hope that by the end of the episode, you'll learn a few tips and principles that are going to help you communicate in a way that they'll listen Mm-hmm. and communicate in a way where they'll actually be able to respond back as well.
1: And to open up discussion. So we don't want to just shut them down all the time. We want to be able to continue to open the doors of communication because they're not always going to be three years old, right? Mm. It's not always going to be a do this and yes, you say yes, ma'am, or you know, no, sir. Um, it's opening the door for times to be able to discuss different Beliefs, or um, why are we asking you to do this? Why are you not allowed to do this? So on and so forth.
0: Yeah, because right now, especially with our son, he's four. We still help him. Well, let me correct. I still help him go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lie down on the ground and hold his hand. It's my time to get a, you know, about 15, 20 minutes of Netflix in. But honestly, if I yell at him to do something, he just breaks down and cries.
1: He does, all the time.
0: He just thinks we're super angry at him. Right. So if we want him to do something, I just say, oh, you're not doing it? Then I'm not going to help you go to bed. And then he like, that, that's kind of the silver bullet right now.
1: Right. <laughs> and maybe that's not the best way, right? Yeah, maybe not,
0: as we'll explore <laughs> in this episode.
1: Kind of like, do this or else. Yeah. So Or we- else I'm
0: not going to love you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> yes, there has to be a better way.
1: Yes, completely. And let's be honest, parents. How many of us have actually maybe considered asking the pediatrician, to check the kids ears. (laughs) Like, is there a lot of extra wax in one they can't really hear? Or is it like they're, you know, completely deaf and they're really not responding because they literally cannot hear?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Christina, before we unpack how to get your kids to listen, which is what we're going to be talking about through the rest of this podcast, why don't you remind our listeners about the business boutique giveaway we're doing?
1: Well, last week, if you didn't uh, tune in to our episode, we interviewed Christy Wright of Business Boutique, and they are being so generous by giving away two tickets to their conference happening in Nashville from November 1st to 3rd. So Business Boutique empowers women to step into their God-given gifts and overcome fear while learning to take their business to the next level. So I'll be there. I would love to see you guys there. Um, And and only
0: ladies. Sorry, men. I want to be there. (laughs) I mean, honestly, when we interviewed her, I was like, I want to go.
1: So we'll take lots of good notes and be able to share it with our spouses. Uh, But be sure to enter before it's too late at inbetween.org slash episode 32.
0: All right. Well, Christina, why don't you kind of kick us off by talking about that blog post you read about that mom who didn't want to scream for an entire year. I mean, I can't even imagine. I know. Like, I wouldn't want to make that promise to myself.
1: Completely. (laughs) Well, first I have to think, okay, why did she make that promise to herself? So looking at her blog, I came across it. um, We'll put it in our show notes, inbetween.org, episode 33. But she is a mom of four boys. So first, bless her. Wow. Yes. And they're pretty close together. I think they're all two years apart. And she just realized that she was always screaming at them, whether it's to pick up socks or whether it's to, you know, get down for breakfast. And she was just tired of hearing herself yell and honestly coming to the point where her kids would not listen to her unless she was screaming at the top of her lungs. That's
0: not a good place to be. No,
1: and it's like, it's aggravating her. Obviously, it's not making a good environment for uh, her family. And so she decided to make this Challenge to herself. She said, I will not scream for an entire year. Where she was going to find different techniques to be able to help her kids listen or help her communicate without raising her voice. So, a few examples were that she would sing. So instead of like, get down here for breakfast, she'd be like, boys, come down for breakfast.
0: Like it's, uh, what is that?
1: Mary Poppins or something. (laughs) Yeah. And so just different. And it was so different that her kids, first of all, were shocked. But then they're like, huh, okay. And she actually found her kids did really, really well and were really receptive when she would whisper.
0: It's true. It's like they had to be
1: quiet and they had to stay still. To be able to hear what she was saying.
0: Well, it's funny because even Macario's or the girls, when they scream at each other, mm-hmm. I end up screaming at them to stop screaming at each other.
1: Because doesn't it just make your <laughs> like stress level skyrocket? It does. And it's not helping anybody by screaming. You're it like, does. It just, I don't know, sends a nerve.
0: yeah. And so many times I am yelling at them, stop screaming at your brother, Uh, at your sister. The irony of it, I know. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) this doesn't sound good. There must be a better way. Right. But honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if they learned that from me
1: Mm mm-hmm or me so going back to this blog I remember reading this and first of all being fascinated and second of all she was like doing a call out to her audience like hey if you want to join this challenge just sign up and I'll send you like my top 10 tips and I was like nope (laughs) not that I enjoy yelling at my kids okay Let's be honest. There are a couple of times where I feel really good at yelling at my kids and then I feel bad afterwards, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like a stress reliever, which is not a good thing. Yeah, let's be it's honest. not a good thing to take out your stress. No, your it's kids. not. But for in the moment, sometimes it feels good just to blow up. But afterwards, obviously not. Um, but I was like, I am I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure. So I am not going to sign up for this thing. So going on with life and you know, I think nine times out of 10, the days are great. But there's obviously some times where we just feel like we're bumping heads or they're saying mom, 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 like a 100 times and I don't even have a moment to stop and think. Or I am the one who's saying, you know, this child's name, this child's name or this child's name. And no one is responding or no one is listening to the point where if I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm saying honest a lot because
0: (laughs) you're you're, you're bearing your soul right (laughs) now. (laughs) Exactly.
1: This is like a tell all session. (laughs) Y'all, you're all the counselors and I am the counselee (laughs) and I am lying down on the couch telling you all. (laughs) So anyway, if I'm going to be completely honest, I have gone to our pediatrician three times, once for each kid at their two-year-old checkup and said, do you mind just checking their hearing? Because I just want to make sure that their hearing is 100% and that there's nothing else going on. I don't
0: remember you telling me that you asked the pediatrician to do that.
1: Well, you weren't there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so obviously, what they say? well, they said that it's perfectly fine. Okay. Okay. And um, our pediatrician actually said, Christina, I think it's called selective hearing.
0: Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so basically, the first thing to do to get your kids to listen is to go get their hearing checked, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Exactly. And I mean, we are making a little bit of light in this but honestly i think that's a really really good place to start like a practical place to start because we have had friends who've gone to get their kids ears checked and realize oh there's a lot of fluid build up mm. in their ears or there's actually permanent hearing damage from whatnot so it's from actually birth. a thing it, it can actually happen okay. completely where it sounds like um you're, I don't know if you were a kid. And you ever tried to talk underwater to your friend, and it's like, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you. I I hated getting water in my nose.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So I was. I never liked putting my head underwater. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> and
0: even now, when we go to the pool, I still get water in my nose, and I'm like, oh, I hate this.
1: We're gonna get you a nosebleed. Oh yes. <laughs> right. You're gonna look so fancy. <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Actually, and they've had surgery or put tubes in or whatnot, and it has made a big difference because imagine, you know, whether you like putting your face underwater or not, if you're hearing like someone is talking to you with their mouth full of water or marbles or whatnot, obviously it's not going to make sense. Yeah.
0: So let's say you get your kid's ears checked Mm -hmm. and the doctor says they're 100% fine. They just have selective hearing. mm, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What do we do? Why are they still not listening?
1: That is the question of the hour, isn't it? Mm. Well, we have asked this question ourselves many times, and I came across a book called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, and it was so good, so revolutionary that we wanted to share some of the ideas with you. and. Uh, this book is not a new one. is not, you know, like made yesterday. It, it was in the 1990s and it is actually sold over 3 million copies. That's crazy. Exactly. Like, you are a writer, so yeah. you understand oh, there is only, only. like, a... <laughs> exactly. Even if
0: it could sell a tenth, a tenth of that, it'd be great. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you think, right? Yeah. Like, there's not many books that sell over 3 million.
0: There are not many books that sell over 3,000.
1: Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so you know it's good mm. when the numbers are showing, right? That's
0: true. All right. So let's get into it, starting with the first principle from the book. There is a direct connection between how kids feel and how they behave. When kids feel right, they'll behave right. Is this, is this a trick question?
1: Right. It's one of those, like, it's not rocket science. Mm. Like my sixth grade teacher said, it's pretty simple and straightforward. But how do we help them to feel right? Well, the authors were actually talking about we need to help our children feel listened to by accepting their feelings. Mm. So here's where it tends to get tricky as parents. I don't know about um, everyone else, but I know for us, we don't really want to accept our children's negative feelings. We are all about the like, yeah, you made the drama team or like way to go. You got 100 percent on that test. But how many of us want to minimize or push away our children's negative feelings? I feel I do that all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, we want to make them feel better. We want to we want to fix things for them.
1: And I feel, in a way, if we fix things for them, then we fix things for us yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's so So,
1: good. for example, uh, this happened last year. I was cleaning out one of our daughter's backpacks, and I found a note addressed to one of her best friends.
0: Oh, I remember this.
1: <sighs> it looked like it had been there for a while because it was kind of crumpled and stained. And um, I just opened it up to see sort of what it said, and maybe I could pass it on to her mom, and her mom could pass it on to her best friend so it said dear let's call her carol dear carol i hate you let's never play again don't talk to me from so and so
0: i mean like how could our daughter write anything like that
1: i wanted to throw up i was livid and i was shocked and i was like all of the feelings like and especially knowing "Quote unquote," Carol is one of the kindest, most sensitive girls, and I know if she were to ever receive a note not from her enemy, not alone like her best friend,
0: yeah, I she know. would die. I know. Like
1: it would crush her. It's one of those things that you would go to counseling for and be like, "In first grade, my best friend gave me this note, and she said I she hates me, and like I never wanted to play with me again." And that's when I knew that I was alone oh, in this wh- world. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, what did you do, Christina?
1: Uh I wish that I, you know, went up to her and been like, Hey what's this or whatever no i literally stormed into the kitchen where they were having snack and i threw the note in (laughs) front of her on the table and i said how could you write a message like this she is your best friend we don't say hate we don't say this we don't say blah 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 we don't exclude people and i just went on and on and on and guess what She took it so well, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, like she would. No.
1: Uh, No one's going to take that well whatsoever. Obviously, the defenses are going to go up or you're just going to shut down, depending what uh, the characteristics of your child is. So for us, this particular child, she got super upset, started crying. And when she cries, she screams like, like glass shattering screams. And she just started screaming at me. And you know what? I had no idea why she had written that letter.
0: Or when she had written When it.
1: she had written that letter. You know, it could have been months. Um, and I didn't take the time to ask her. Like, our child, honestly, I have to say, like, she is one of the kindest children that I have ever met. She is so inclusive. So something must have happened between them or she was having an off day to write that letter. Like, what, was she hurt? Was she angry? Was she jealous? And also... I honestly didn't take the time to reflect and to say, hey, you wrote this, which wasn't nice, but you chose not to give it to her. Like, that's a win.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times do we have situations like this where we get a feeling for something or mm-hmm. maybe there's an email get, that gets sent and, and we storm and yell at our coworkers and assume things uh, for them or yell at our friends. or I mean, we don't do that, mm-hmm. right? We don't assume, we don't kind of go straight at it in other environments, but we do that at home with our kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Christina. Now, in hindsight, mm-hmm. <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, what What do you think? In light of this book, could you have done instead?
1: Well, like I said before, I to many friends that I was reading this book, I'm like, man, I should have read this nine years ago because <laughs> I think there's a lot of situations that would have changed and maybe our children would have changed as well. But as you'll hear later on the podcast, it is never too late. So um, the book suggests that instead of bombarding our children with questions, so instead of coming to our child and being like, why did you write this? Blah, 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 blah. I should have calmly approached her and said, wow, Uh, it sounds like you were really angry at Carol or something your friend must have done really annoyed you or hurt you to write this letter.
0: Yeah. And when talking to them, I mean, listening with full attention, not once again, operating out of anger. So even if it was a matter of looking at that note and rather than storming out, just taking a moment Mm -hmm. to collect your emotions so that when you do go to her and begin talking, you're not putting words into their mouth
1: completely and also I think we do need to say as well like listening with full attention means don't come to where your child is with your phone so if your phone starts ringing or your phone starts like texting or whatnot that you're not um, even though if you're not answering if you keep looking at your phone that's lighting up like you know how that feels it feels oh, completely. like it feels like the person is not paying attention to you yeah. so w- even though you're physically there maybe you're communicating to your child that you're not emotionally there mm-hmm. um, which can really really, really hurt. And who wants to open up to, to that? Right.
0: Yeah. So even when they are responding, right. Don't try to get the butts in so fast. (laughs) Right. Right. But what do you think? But what about this?
1: Yeah. Because honestly, as they were saying in the book, um, the butt actually negates what you had said before. So if we said, uh, if we came to her and said, that was really good that you didn't give that letter to her. But
0: you still wrote it.
1: (laughs) Right. So, what does that mean? It means like lift you up and then drop you to the floor. Like, you're still wrong in this situation, girl. Yeah. So, obviously, we don't agree with writing hate letters. Let's just say that, or, you know, saying mean comments to people. But at that moment in time, while we're talking to her, she doesn't need us to have her feelings agreed with what do you mean
0: what do you mean by that christina
1: so it doesn't mean that we need to say yeah like if she told us oh carol um was really mean to me and said my hair was ugly and be like yeah that sucks when your friends say that your hair is awful (laughs) right like you don't need to go into those feelings and be like yeah Carol's the meanest girl in the world. Good thing you wrote that letter to her. Like, that's not empathizing. They don't need you to agree with how they were feeling. They just need you to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that, yes, those feelings are real.
0: Man, that's a tricky line. That's a tricky line because i think I think we want to agree we wanna especially when you're trying to be proactive like this mm-hmm. and you're trying to really empathize and place yourself in their shoes and and you're trying to work with them mm-hmm. and really draw it out of them. it's easy to go there. it's easy to go there it's easy to cross that line from. Uh, you know, not not just acknowledging, but completely agreeing with them and maybe even adding fuel onto the flames
1: completely, which isn't going to help the situation. I mean, obviously, we are still the adults here, and I think that we need to be able to help them, our kids know that they are listened to and to acknowledge their feelings. But we also have to correct and show them like what to do with those feelings how is a healthy way to process them yeah
0: so so what are some ways to help our children process feelings whether they're they've written notes like one of our children did or mm-hmm. maybe they came off the bus from school and they're just not really talking much or maybe they just recently gone to a fight with a sibling or they just aren't listening And you can just tell they're they're wrestling with something. What are some different ways for kids to express their feelings, that we can help them express their feelings?
1: And I think this book um, did a wonderful job of talking about a few examples. One that I loved. And I feel like no matter if you're two years old or your child is like 12 years old, this is a technique that you can use with your children. And that's literally ask your children to draw out how they feel.
0: Like with emojis?
1: I guess you could do that too. <laughs> but literally, take a white piece of paper, take out your markers or your pencils and ask them, be like, um, draw me a picture of how you feel. And so there was an example in the book where this boy was really frustrated and he was screaming. And so the lady, uh, one of the authors gave the boy um, a red marker and said, draw me how you feel on this red paper. And so he started scribbling huge, huge red, red markers and like red marks on it. And he's like, I am so angry. And then he was done. And she's like, show me again on this picture. And he was like, I am so frustrated. And he kept going and going. And then by the fifth paper, he didn't feel like he needed to do it anymore. Oh, wow. So this technique really worked in my own social work practice where we would go into some really high stress areas, Um, and that there would be kids that we would need to be able to interview and, um, who've gone through some horrible things. And I would always bring a pad of paper and, uh, crayons with me. And so it was just a time for them to, even as I was interviewing, whether it be drawing out their emotions or we would just be doing something like coloring together while I'm talking to them. So they don't necessarily have to make eye contact with me or they just feel more comfortable. You know, sometimes you just feel good as you're fidgeting things,
0: Mm -hmm. right,
1: to be able to um, sort out your emotions or whatnot. So I think it's a good It's a good technique to use.
0: Especially because the kids haven't developed the ability to communicate their emotions. Sometimes they
1: don't even have the words, right? They don't have the vocabulary. That's a great point, Daniel. I think that's another helpful hint that we can do for our children is when they are, let's say, like, I am so, I don't know, just screaming and then be like, boy, you sound frustrated so that they have that word to express the emotion instead of just yelling.
0: Yeah. And one of the other things, as we've tried to implement these principles, if we, as we've tried to, I guess, redeem our unfortunate parenting <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> mistakes, Let's mistakes say yeah. where we've
0: shamed and guilted our kids and, and oh they've, yep. they've, they're frustrated or they're, they're angry or they're upset and they're not really sharing why, they don't want to talk to us. One of the things that I found works is, hey, you're not going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get in trouble. You know, even if you tell me this, don't worry. I just want to help. And by doing that, obviously, if I hadn't parented the way that I did, then I maybe wouldn't have had to say that. Right. But uh, we're all a work in progress. And I find that when, I mean, even just doing that, has opened up the door too.
1: I totally agree. If they know, especially I feel like when we know that we've caught them in a lie, which I think is a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, it really is. But Ooh. approaching them, asking them a question and be like, hey, you're not gonna get in trouble.
0: So before we go on to our next point, Christina, that reminds me of a few books we have upstairs. Uh, one of them being One by Katherine Otoshi, oh, which is I love about bullying. This book. And it's it's just it's just all colors, it's all shapes. And it's really helped our kids even, we'll, we'll even ask them, hey, how do you think this color and this shape is feeling? Mm-hmm. And they're able to articulate it. And we have a few other books, like What to Do When You're Angry, What to Do When You're Lonely, mm-hmm. What to Do When You're Afraid, that actually has taught our children how to react and how to deal with and and how to process feelings that they were they were working through so I remember actually before putting the kids to bed I was going to be going on a work trip the next morning and Victoria wanted me to to read a book to her Mm -hmm. and the book was what to do when you're lonely or or something like that and then and then she was just looking at the picture of the the daddy bear going because he was going on a trip and then the girl the girl bear just crying (laughs) you know and the book is saying no but you know daddy's gonna be back he's gonna come back he's gonna be back right but the loneliness is a feeling that feels like this mm-hmm. and this is how you should deal with this. So, I found that those books have really helped our children be able to articulate and understand and express how they feel.
1: And to know that those emotions are okay. And even sometimes we don't even know how we're feeling. So, it's great. I remember which books you're talking about that, like you were saying, anger feels like this it feels like boiling. Ramyun water. <laughs> yeah. Boiling water in your belly. Let's say that.
0: What? You didn't like the ramen water?
1: <laughs> All right, I always okay. love ramen water. What are you talking about? <laughs> All
0: right. So the next thing is uh, you want to find ways or opportunities or moments to teach your children that they can have two very different feelings at the same time. And that is okay.
1: Okay. That is we need to say that again we need to teach our kids that it's okay to have two very different feelings at the same time and that is normal and that is okay
0: well isn't that the genius of that disney pixar movie inside out Mm -hmm. you have the individual emotions at the beginning right anger joy happiness sadness and by the end of the movie spoiler alert and honestly i don't feel bad because it's been out for a while (laughs) if you haven't
1: seen this movie you need to see it now you're behind (laughs) yes so
0: at the end of the movie where hey you can actually be sad and happy at the same time
1: right and that they can complement each other as well so for example i remember first seeing this in uh our two oldest when they had their baby brother come So they were obviously so excited and they loved him so much and they spoiled him. But at the same time, realizing oh, wait mommy has to sit down and feed the baby like she can't come and push us on the swings right now because she has to be with the baby and oh wait mommy can't do this because of the baby or wait mommy can play with us now because daddy's with the baby but daddy's putting the baby to sleep so daddy and mommy can't be here at the same time So obviously that's, you know, a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of envy um, going on with that. But it's that struggle of, hey, I'm really happy to have this brother here. But at the same time, like, oh, he's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah. And to help them process through that, to give them the language, to to help them understand that, hey, it's okay Mm -hmm. that it's a natural thing to feel those two things at the same time. Can help begin developing their their emotional vocabulary to say it in a way. Right. Now, Christina, what if our kids come home with a problem that we haven't caused? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's some, Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Problem solved. <laughs> that's that's a
0: win for the yes. day. You know, pat yourself on the back. You, you did didn't.
1: not cause this problem. <laughs> so
0: they come home, or maybe they're they're fighting with one of their siblings or or something has happened that maybe you could relate with? Maybe you were bullied as a kid and and they were bullied and maybe they got into a fight and it reminded you of a time you got into a fight with your best friend and you want to go ahead and and give them advice. Is Mm -hmm. that a good thing?
1: Yes and no. <laughs> All right. So the book suggests that there is a time and a place. So uh, they really say, like, don't offer instant solutions. So if your child says like, oh, um, I got in a fight with my friend, instead of exploring their feelings, and would not be like, oh, yeah, well, you just call your friend right now and tell them you're sorry and that you're best friends and just go on with life.
0: Yeah. What, what's the danger in doing that?
1: Well, um, I think that we would deprive our children of the experience that comes from wrestling with those emotions and wrestling with problem solving, really, like they need to figure out ways to be able to handle their own issues. Because like we said before, they're not always going to be four years old, they're going to be 14, they're going to be 24. And we're not always going to be And neither should we be like waiting by the phone being like, honey, you need to call your boss and tell them that you're sorry (laughs) and that you forgive them or like, please forgive me and let's be best friends again.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on episode 24, right? When we were talking about how to help your children get along, Mm -hmm. the idea that, hey, it's important to let them wrestle through their challenges and, and conflicts so that they can begin finding tools and, and, and understanding how to use those different tools in their tool belt.
1: So when I said there was like a, a time and a place, I think there are appropriate times to share a similar experience that you have gone through. And especially if it didn't necessarily end on a positive note, because I think that's reality is that it's not a Pixar movie. Everything is not. And they lived happily ever after, even though we wish that it could. We can share our stories and talk about maybe what we wish we had done or how we wish we handled it better.
0: Mm, That's really good. That's really good.
1: So before we share the two biggest takeaways from this book, we wanted to take a brief moment to share with you that today's show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. All you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash between to get started.
0: That means you can get this book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk for free or any other book that is available on Audible. It's that easy. Just go to com slash between to get started today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash between. I am between.
1: Okay, Daniel. So why don't you share one of our big takeaways from this book?
0: Well, the more you try to push your child's unhappy feelings away, because mm-hmm. I mean, I know growing up for me, I didn't necessarily want to, I, anytime conflict happened in my home, I honestly, especially if it was between my sisters or my parents or any other thing that happened, I just wanted to go straight into my room. I wanted to ignore it. I wanted to get away from it as far as I can. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even when our kids have unhappy feelings, I try to joke with them. I try to tickle them. I try to uh, you know, help them forget it. But the more you try to do that, to push their unhappy feelings away, the more uh, it can actually become stuck in them.
1: Completely. And I think that the more comfortable we are about accepting their bad feelings or their negative feelings, the easier it is for the kids to be able to to let them go. Mm-hmm. I love this quote that was in the book. It made me chuckle, actually, and I underlined it and wrote like LOL on the side. Uh, The quote is, I want my child to know that they're entitled to be miserable without their mother falling
0: apart. Oh, that (laughs) that is good. good. (laughs) It's not without their life falling apart, without their Their
1: mother's life falling apart. Right. So. Once again, like we're responsible for the way that we feel and as way is that we interact with our kids.
0: Okay. So number one, don't push away their unhappy feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Allow them to process it, uh, help them draw it out, help them develop vocabulary for it in all the ways that we've talked about in this episode. Uh, but number two, what's the, what's the second biggest takeaway from the book?
1: There is always another opportunity, A lot of this book, honestly, was kind of hard for me to read. And as I was sharing a bunch of things with Daniel, as we're preparing this podcast, we're both like, oh, we sucked. (laughs) We did a lot wrong.
0: Yeah, it it would (laughs) have, you know, I think it would have made us feel better if this book was written in 2018. (laughs) And I was like, well, we had no excuse. Right. I mean, come on. It's a new book, but it's not.
1: No, it was uh, written when I was seven years old. So... (laughs) Lots of time to find it and lots of time to process and read it. But unfortunately, we did not. But fortunately, it is here now and we have the opportunity to share it with you. So if you are like us and you're listening to this podcast or you've read the book and said, "Uh, I wish I had not said that or uh, why didn't I say this? Why didn't I take the time to tell my kids that? I'm listening, or just to sit with them as they sort through their emotions, you are automatically given another chance.
0: Yeah. It's like in Super Mario, you just got a green mushroom. Extra what life. Up? Yeah, one <laughs> up. Bonus life.
1: <laughs> Completely. Um, and I love just the, the hope that the authors um, infused into their book by saying, life with children is open-ended. There is always another opportunity. So let that be your takeaway for today regardless if you you know talk to your kids and your phone rang and you went off to to talk on your phone or um you found a nasty note in your child's backpack and your first gut reaction was to blow up let's take a pause let's start again and remember that there is another chance.
0: Mm. Now we hope that this episode was helpful and that there's at least one thing that you can take away and do this week, even try this week. Maybe it's even a a, a conflict or an unresolved Attention or fight that you Mm -hmm. have with uh, your kid that you need to wrestle with and and maybe unpack or or go up to their room afterwards and apologize. Uh, Maybe even when you get back from work and and apologize and and say, okay, let's let's try that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because there's grace, children are resilient, right? Just because you've made one mistake, and as we've shared, even in the midst of all the mistakes that we've made, there's grace. There's mercy, there's forgiveness, Hallelujah. and uh, there's always another opportunity. So if you want to review any of the resources that we've talked about or even look for that link, audibletrial.com inbetween to get a free copy of this book, you can actually go to inbetween.org episode 33 for the show notes. So Christina, what are we going to be talking about next week?
1: Well, in episode 34, we are going to be talking about the five most stressful life transitions that no one talks about.
0: Oh, (laughs) Right. So just
1: through our own life experiences and through talking um, with friends about different life transitions that have caused so much stress, we're all like... Why don't more people talk about this? Like, why isn't this dinnertime conversation that we can share our experiences, we can share our stressors or our stresses and then better prepare ourselves if we go through it again or better prepare our neighbors and friends and family being like, hey, um, when you go through this, this is FYI going to be one of the most stressful moments of your life. Take a deep breath. You are going to get through it.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any of the other ones that you've listened to. Let's connect on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Inbetween Show. Or maybe you want to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and just share your thoughts and your takeaways from this episode. Well, We'll catch you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit Enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first
1: time.